The Jaguars are future focused. Future focused. This is Jaguars Post Game, presented by Florida Home AC. J.P. Shadrick, Mike Dempsey, and pride of the Jaguars, Fred Taylor, bring you highlights and analysis from today's game. Jaguars Post Game, presented by Florida Home AC, is brought to you by Farrah and Farrah, Baptist Health, and by TIAA Bank. Now, to get things started, here's J.P. Shadrick. And welcome in. It's Jaguars postgame presented by Florida Home AC. Call Florida Home AC today, official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Final score in week seven, the Giants hang on by a half yard. Final score, Giants 23, Jaguars 17. The Giants have now won four straight the, uh, to improve to six and one on the season. The uh, Jaguars two and five. They've now lost four in a row. And boy, what a tough one today, obviously, guys. Uh, Fred Taylor. Mike Dempsey, I'm J.P. Shadrick. Glad you're along with us. Well, the uh, the Jags fall short, obviously. They had the lead 17-13. Then early in the fourth quarter, the Jags were moving the ball. It was fourth and one, deep in Giants territory, about 11.30 to play in the game. Doug Peterson decides to go for it. They're stuffed and stopped short. The Giants go down the field and get a one-yard touchdown from Daniel Jones uh, after uh, a 10-play drive. And they scored that touchdown with 5.31 to play to take the lead, 20-17. to They later added a field goal. Jaguars had the ball with 104 left, went down the field 10 plays, had the help of a couple of defensive penalties. The final play of the game, it's a pass complete to Christian Kirk, and he stopped at the one-yard line. Giants win it. Fred, that's, uh, that's, a, I mean, that's about as tough as it comes today. Yeah, it does, JP. Uh, <clears throat> it would have been a great – uh, probably one of the best endings in Jaguars history had it the clock not run out or even if he um, was a yard closer. But uh, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Yeah, I don't know. Just another game for me. Just a bit all over the place, man. Turnovers here and there. Red zone, obviously. Some overthrows. Fourth down. Uh, aggressive calls on fourth down. Uh, aggressive calls early in the game on the, the two-point conversion right there uh, after a penalty. Um I don't know. You, you, we thought the defense can go in there and stop Saquon and, and, and make it a one-dimensional game. They, they weren't able to do that. They did it for a while, but in the fourth quarter when it really count, uh, they, they couldn't stop them. Uh, and the same thing with the quarterback, Daniel Jones. We knew we were going to run a little bit, and uh, they didn't stop him either. So um, deservingly so, they lost the game as they should have today. Yeah, Saquon had uh, 70 yards rushing until <clears throat> that final drive where – Ultimately, the Giants went down and got a field goal. He got 40 yards on his first three carries on that drive combined mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, flipped the field at that point in time. And, uh, you know, the Jags did a nice job bottling him up, Fred. It's almost like they came out, the Giants, in the first half and said, hey, look, this is what worked for the Colts last week. Let's just go quick, short passes, get it out of Daniel Jones' hands, build a rhythm. They scored on that opening drive, and then they kind of were a little bit more balanced after that. And, you know, I thought Jacksonville did very well with Barkley up until when it mattered the most, you know, and that's the thing. It's going to come down to a handful of plays and getting them off the field. And if Barkley's feet don't slip out from under him and and he goes out of bounds, this game was had no drama to it whatsoever down the stretch. I I thought the other two, we were talking right before we came on, the decision not to kick the field goal – on fourth down at the twenty yard line, right, and you got a chance to make this a seven point ball game, mm-hmm. and the Travis Etienne fumble mm-hmm. uh, inside the five, just I, you can't have that. The, the Jags are have so many 
red zone woes, it seems like they come up with a different way to kind of shoot themselves in the foot every week in that area of the field. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I Somehow I just went back because um, I wanted to see what the numbers were. But on fourth downs, they're 6 for 17 on the season, 35%. In red zone, 14-27, uh, that uh, close to 50%. And with those numbers statistically, you would think that, you know, you'd be cautious on, on making those calls. Now, red zone, you don't have a choice. You want to be able to punch it in the red zone. But I think uh, right there, uh, the, the the fourth downs are always a big question mark for me. Um, sort of question what the defense is here for. Uh, I, man, it, it, it's, it's really crazy, man. But that 14-point swing, uh, the Giants kicked a field goal. Uh, Jack Travis fumbled. And then they kicked another field goal. So that was a 14-point swing that actually put Jacksonville in the hole. I don't know, Mike, man. Just um, this game for me, like I said, is just all over the place. But the result is what it should have been, which is a, a loss. Now, the other side of that, with that fourth and one play at the 20 going in, it would have made it a, a field goal game or a, a, touchdown, a touchdown game. game. That. It was up by four at that point. would have made it a seven-point game. There was 11.30 to go in the game. There, in theory, is a lot of football left, yeah, Fred. Yeah, enough football to – still enough football to allow your team to go kick it off, your defense to get out there and get another stop, and give your offense another opportunity to go out there and maybe even increase the score, you know, and make it a two-point game. So we can look at it both ways, right? right? So uh, – and, and, and what I'm used to and what I've seen, why, why, kick, why go for it there? With 11 minutes together, you're still giving the Giants still have plenty enough time to, to go out there and score and, and, and still be in the game, if, even if you go for it and execute on fourth down there. I just thought for me, and I'm not the coach, it's way above my pay grade, as we mentioned before, I don't go for it right there. I, I kick the field goal and I put it on my defensive shoulder, and we see what happens from that point to the end of the game. That ensuing drive, by the way, the Jaguars had uh, a defensive penalty. They had 12 men on the field at mm-hmm. about the one-yard line. They had 10 men. had to call a timeout at one point on that drive. Jones goes for 24 on the ground. Barkley goes for 18. There's a pass interference in the end zone. A lot of things that happened. But either way, it took nearly six minutes off the clock for them to get down the field, and they had the lead with 531 left in the game at that point. Right, and, and J- it just highlights, JP, 13 penalties overall. I mean, yeah. uh, for 81 yards – Way too many. It's kind of going back to week one a little bit. Let's uh, take our first time out. Plenty ahead. We're uh, awaiting head coach Doug Peterson. He'll visit with the media and then with Bucky Brooks here on Jaguars postgame. Final score, Giants 23, Jaguars 17, and this is Jaguars postgame on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. It's Jaguars postgame presented by Florida Home AC. J.P. Shadrick with Mike Dempsey and Fred Taylor after a Jaguars loss to the Giants. 23-17 the final. The Giants now 6-1. They've won four straight. The Jaguars now 2-5. They've lost four in a row. And the Jags had the ball with 104 to play down by six. They get down the field. It took them on the 10th play to get a completion down to the one. But time ran out. No timeouts remaining. And the clock runs out, and the Giants get another victory, and uh, they are rolling along, winning a lot of close games. I think that's their – yeah, every every win they've had has been within one score, Fred. They are somehow figuring out a way in New York. Meanwhile, in Jacksonville, it's not going that way. They're not faring at all uh, very well in these one-score games. They've all gone the wrong way. 
for this team. Yeah, uh, I'm with you, JP. I remember back in the day, I don't know um, if you remember when they called Jaguars the cardiac cats. You know, they, they, found, they found a way to win the game. And, and it's the NFL, man. That's, that's really what it's about. And uh, it, it's, not, uh, it's not pretty. You know, but those are, that's a group of guys on the other side. I wish I would be saying that about us right now, but a group of guys on the other side, you know, they, they, they're, they're calm and they, they have heart and they have some grit about themselves and they're just, you know, churning it out. Uh, but we have to be more better prepared situationally as we, uh, we mentioned in the pregame, um, being able to be prepared situationally, being able to play faster so you can make those plays or translate to making those plays that you're supposed to make. Uh, and I also think that um, Trevor, uh, with, with his accuracy, a few overthrows that I counted throughout the game, he has to be better too at that position. Yeah, you're right about that, Fred. Um, I mean, he threw for 310 on the day, but just about 50% completion percentage, right? Now, I know a lot of it came on that last drive, right. some incompletes and things like that and kind of forced into it, but... Uh, you know, it's a game where you put up over 400 yards of offense. Once again, outgain your opponent 452. And you only put up 17 points. I, mean, I think that has been the biggest story of the year is that they've moved the ball and they haven't gotten the points to show for it. It's just red zone failures, whether it's settling for uh, field goals, whether it's turning it over on downs or like today just turning it over just flat turning it over right yeah the red zone has been the the big Achilles heel for this offense they've moved it all year started week one in Washington they couldn't cap it off early in that game in the red zone and and that has continued as a trend throughout Fred how do you how do you get better at that you know um yeah obviously you have to continue to watch tape continue to practice hard and uh, hopefully you know that development you know that sort of play develop in the process. Um, Do you, can you think too much about it? You just got to go play at some point. I, I think you know you, you want to study, but you also have to just go play. Yeah. You know, go play, and hopefully it'll translate that way. Um, and I'm just scrolling down this 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 playlist as you know. And I have a question for you guys because I, I don't know. I was bombarded by a few fans upstairs. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> uh, so I sort of missed it, but. You know, the, at, at the beginning of the fourth quarter here, uh, at 14.30, Jacksonville calls a timeout after an incomplete ball. You think that timeout comes back to hunt us right there? Oh, yeah. At the very end? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. I mean, it would be nice to have it at the end, but – uh, I'm the, my of question is, why was, did we call the timeout? I don't remember that play. Was it uh... – was it too many men or not enough men on the field? They had a couple of those. Maybe it was the not enough, yeah? It was after an incomplete pass on a first down play, and then it set up a second and 10 at the Giants 41. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, just, I just went back and I saw it was a timeout call in between an incomplete pass, and I'm like, why was that called? But again, yeah. Which, by the way, there's no excuse for not having the right amount of men on the field. Still, right. That the part that, where it costs you a timeout. That, that's all in communication, and that's a big part of the game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence basically had to throw it on every play on the final drive, right? So th there were 10 plays. Uh, Kirk had the one. Lawrence got sacked once. So maybe eight attempts for Trevor Lawrence on that final drive out of 10 plays. So before that, 35 passes. And here's Travis Etienne averaging 8.1 yards a carry. And there's 15 runs for the running backs today, Fred. I mean, it, it, this, I guess, 
something we're just going to talk about every week and something I think Jack fans just have to live with. I think this is the way they want to run their offense. At least the coaching staff does. Right. Uh, you know, we I, I, I was just thinking to myself, we can go back and, you know, nitpick certain situations. But obviously, if you look at what the statistics, uh, the stats are here, uh, you would think, yeah, it would call for more runs. You want to get take some pressure off the quarterback in certain situations. Uh, they ran the ball well. They ran the ball extremely well, man. But uh, I don't know. Maybe the coaches go back in there and look at how can they become more balanced, you know, in these type situations. Yeah, love to hear, too, just the balance or the lack thereof now between Travis Etienne and James Robinson. You know, did – did he get nicked up and we were not aware of it? I mean, some of those, you know, those short yardage run type situations, you would think, look, you've got these two distinctly different types of backs. Mm-hmm. Why not utilize them? And up until this point this year, they've utilized them in every game. And, you know, just a little bit mystifying, but maybe we'll find out uh, more with Doug Peterson's postgame comments. The official totals today for Robinson, uh, no carries in the game at all. Right, had one One target, yeah. one target uh, and didn't catch it. Right, no official touch yeah. in the game. That's right. right. So. Yeah, that's a tremendous drop-off because the way we've seen it was uh, Robinson would start and play, and then to come out of the second half, it would be Travis. And I understand from the coaches trying to create a certain balance between the two guys, but here when I looked up and I didn't see any uh, Robinson runs in the stat column, you know, it just posed a question, what what happened? Yep. Because I saw him warming up. I was on the field, so I saw him warming up. He looked pretty good. I don't know. And you guys mentioned earlier he wasn't on the injury report. At all, yeah. So no, that's that's mind-boggling, too. Um, but, again, the hot hand – is Travis Etienne. He's been, you know, lights out these past couple weeks. Uh, his career longs each and every week. It seems like he's uh, breaking that mark each and every week. So maybe they're saying trying to find one designated guy and say we're going to go with the hot hand. But, again, Mike, I agree with you. In, in terms of short yardage situations, you got a big, strong guy in James Robinson. Yeah. Maybe get creative in that sense and, and, and call those plays for him. J.P. Shadrick, Fred Taylor, Mike Dempsey. We're awaiting the postgame comments of head coach Doug Peterson. He will address the media first and then go down the hallway and catch up with Bucky Brooks. We'll get his thoughts on what happened today. A Jaguars lost 23-17, the final score. Now, the other side, the other part of this running game today, as you mentioned, Mike, Saquon Barkley was quiet a lot of the day. He finished, though, like freight train, as these Giants do. Uh, 24 carries, 110 yards for the day for Barkley, and then – Something we mentioned in pregame, Doug Peterson talked about it all week, but the running ability of Daniel Jones. 11 times he carried the ball, 107 yards, and he had the sneak touchdown. In big moments, hey, you're sending the house to him, and he slips through, and he's got nothing but green grass, Fred. Yeah, you know, credit to their offensive play callers on the other side because some of those were design runs that they capitalize on. It's like the bootleg at the, the end. Yeah, oh, man. man. Amazing play right there. But and, and that's what happens when, you know, they went back to old school football. Uh, in the four-minute drill, I think it was around 429 left on the clock, they ran power right, power right, and we couldn't stop them. And then a play or two later, you have an opportunity to call that that naked boot to the quarterback, and, you know, he's capable of, of getting it done. But they knew – you know, he was mobile, mobile and he was going to be able to run through it before the game even started. And, again, shout out to their their OC, man. They called the plays and they executed, and 
they gave themselves an opportunity to win. You, you just hate to see it, though. You, that that four-minute drive you're talking about, I mean, you stop them. You've got all the time in the world to go down, and it's still a, a three-point ball game. But Barkley for 13 on the first play, so it's first down again. He goes for seven, then he goes for 20 on the very next carry. And that that's you're almost a little bit of a backbreaker right there. You flip the field 40 yards worth of uh, – real estate and you realize that uh, you're dealing with a different Saquon Barkley at this stage. Man, he he looks amazing out there, but that run by Daniel Jones was a 15-yarder just before the 2-minute mark. And if Saquon doesn't slide out of bounds right there, uh his foot barely got out, then you know, we're not necessarily having the conversation about the very end of right. the game because they would have executed their 4-minute drill perfectly because our guys were tired and pretty much uh you know, on their heels at that point in the game. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. Uh, we're still waiting the comments of head coach Doug Peterson. He has yet to address the media. He'll do that first. He'll join us with Bucky Brooks coming up. We'll hear some highlights in just a moment. 23-17, Giants over the Jaguars. This Jaguars post game on the Jaguars radio network. Jaguars postgame presented by Florida Home AC. Call Florida Home AC today, official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Final score, Giants 23, Jaguars 17. Head coach Doug Peterson coming up shortly. He has not addressed the media yet. He'll do that first, and then he'll join Bucky Brooks down the hall. We'll get to that coming up. Let's get to the highlights first of all, and we'll start off with Frank Frangie on the call. The Giants with the opening possession, they had seven straight cold passes to start the game. One of those was a Jones 14-yard scramble. They ended up in the end zone to get it started. Another blitz, dropping the throw is Jones. Fires it deep along the right sideline. Got a man out there, and that ball is going to be caught for the touchdown. A touchdown in the corner of the end zone. Darius Slayton made the catch. He beat Trey Herndon along the right sideline, and the Giants strike first. At TIAA Bankfield. 32-yard touchdown, extra point good, 7-0. Jaguars come out on offense, and they move down the field, and it's the second-year running back, his first year on the field, his first time in Pater. Inside handoff to Travis Etienne, into the end zone, touchdown! Travis Etienne, a 7-yard touchdown run for the Jaguars. His first career score, the extra point was good, but there was a penalty on the Giants. Doug Peterson took the point off the board. They moved the ball to the one and then handed it off to Etienne for the two-point conversion. Eight to seven, the Jaguars led at that point. uh, Next possession for the Jags, they get a field goal to extend the lead. Riley Patterson, 27 yards, but they failed in the red zone. 11-7, the Jags led at that point. The Giants get a field goal. Graham Gano, 33 yards, 11 to 10. The Jaguars had the lead. And then the next Jaguars possession, they're driving again. They're in the red zone, and Travis Etienne. As they'll keep him on the bench. Yeah, Yeah. um, there you have it. Uh, Head coach Doug Peterson's remarks with the media are done. He's headed down the hall as we speak, and Bucky Brooks is standing by to have a conversation with the Jaguars head coach. We'll uh, hear from uh, Doug on some of those situations today, hopefully, and a team that uh, now dropped four consecutive games after a 2-1 and one start. They are now 2-5 and five for the season. It's off to London next week, but still some business to attend to coming out of this game today before they uh, hop on the plane over the Atlantic to play at Wembley next week against the Denver Broncos. Jaguars had the ball in their hand with a 104 to play. No timeouts. Got down the field. Fell a yard short in this game. The Giants... Hang on to another one-score game and get a win 
over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And let's head into the locker room for the Locker Room Report, presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Bucky Brooks has Doug Peterson. What up, Coach? Thoughts? Thoughts on another tough loss? Yeah. Um, you know, we're learning things the hard way. Um, and, and you know, it, it, you know this, Bucky, too. It, it comes down to two, three, four plays a game. And, and whether it's hanging on to the ball as we score, uh, an unwanted, you know, roughing the pass for penalty after, you know, we're getting a turnover right there, uh, stopped on fourth down, really stopped on third down. Um, you know, and, and it's just those things that, that are keeping us from being probably feeling a little bit better, right, uh, internally and, and pulling these games out. Now, credit our team for battling and, and, and really – I mean, it came right down to the last, literally the last play of the game, you know, to, to possibly win it. And, and it's a credit to our guys. Um, there's no quit. There's no, you know, give up in this crew. And that's what I love about these guys and respect them so much because they, they work hard during the week. Again, like I said, we're just, we're just learning things the hard way. And I do believe that um, we'll be better and, and these guys will learn. You know, you're such a positive coach, and so you're in the middle of a four-game losing streak or whatever. How do you approach it with your team to continue to be positive while impressing upon them the lessons? I think for me it's, it has to be that way. You know, I mean, I can harp on the negative all day, and the guys know. I mean, you know when you, you make a bad play or you don't win a game. I mean, you know what it is. And, and yeah, we're going to make the corrections. We're going to point that stuff out. But we have to point out the positive, too. we got to point out the good. And 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 I, I just, I'm a big believer in that and supporting these guys and, and still helping these guys and, um, you know, encouraging these guys because they're, they're, they, they're hurting just like, just like I am, you know. And, and, uh, uh, but, again, no one's going to feel sorry for us. Uh, don't expect anybody to. You know, we've kind of, as they say, we've, we've you know, made our bed and, and now we're, we're, we're lying down in it, you know. So, you know, we just got to keep working, uh, keep battling, stay together, stay strong. Um, and work through it. So you got a different kind of week because you got to go overseas to go to London. So how does that change your approach at all? Like getting your team ready, like putting this to bed, but then getting ready to go overseas. And yeah, the, the first Broncos. first part of the week is we're going to keep it normal. Uh, we'll come in tomorrow and and uh, you know put put this film to to rest and and uh, fix the mistakes and all that. And then and then we're on to we're on to the Broncos. You know, and and game planning for them for two days. And Wednesday, Thursday are going to be normal days for us here. And and then we're going to get on a plane and go over there Thursday night and. And then we get there Friday, we just roll. We just get up and go and, and try to keep everything as normal as possible and um, get ready to play on Sunday. Well, shoot, man. Best of luck next week. We'll see if we can get that win, get off the snot. we got to do it. Just got to correct a few things, fix a few things, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be right there. All right. Appreciate Thanks, it. Coach. That's head coach Doug Peterson with Bucky Brooks. We're back with plenty more ahead. Jaguars fall 23-17 to the Giants, and this is Jaguars postgame on the Jaguars radio network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars postgame presented by Florida Home AC. J.P. Shadrick, Mike Dempsey, Fred Taylor. Our thanks to Dick's Wings for all the postgame food tonight in the uh, in the broadcast office. Uh, we've gone through it all, I think, after a lengthy football game today. Unfortunately, it goes the wrong way. Final score, 23-17 Giants over the Jaguars. And we just heard from head coach Doug Peterson there. Mistakes. I mean, uh, you know, they go at it again, and it seems like the same narrative each week. Uh, shooting yourselves in the foot, whatever cliche you want to use, but 
um, the same similar type of mistakes stop keep popping up, Fred, in this um, in this Jaguars team. Red zone issues, mm-hmm. a fumble at the five, penalties in key situations to you know negate plays that would have gone your way, and uh, another week, and uh, it feels like a lot of the same. Yeah, a lot of the same. Even starting the games out, I think earlier in the game it was an offsides by Josh Allen. Uh, potential fumble right there at the beginning of the game. Then the holding against Josh. A uh, few other things. A lot of missed tackles in the game. But, again, uh, uh, Coach Peterson, you know, he goes back and he says, we're close, we're close. Yeah, you are close. You know, and these mistakes, they're, they're, they're creeping back in. So, in terms of consistency, they are consistent at making those little mistakes that are shooting them in the foot. But they have to be able to go back and find a way to just, through effort and playing hard, be able to think through those situations and, and, and minimize those mistakes or get rid of them altogether. And I think they have to be better at that. And Doug mentioned uh, the personal foul penalty. Look, the last two weeks it's been Trayvon Walker today, Foye Luke, and the ball is out. It's gone. Yeah. And he lowers his head and hits Daniel Jones basically in the chin while he's standing in the pocket right in front of the ref. You've got to get a flag every time. And the Jags had an interception on the play. I mean, that's a game-changing decision to I mean I, I I just there's nobody coaching him to go in there and lower his head and make contact with the quarterback around the head or neck area I I, I don't know how you explain that Fred no I don't either I mean especially now when everything you know that pertains to the quarterback is 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 magnified right. and this guy, you know the roughing the passer Walker's calls all these other things yeah a Lewican's yeah. a vet he's been yeah, that's true you know they're still in the heat of the moment but I agree with you uh, a thousand percent Mike Lewican he has to know you know th- in this particular situation I can't do anything to hurt my mm-hmm. team and, and not only that it's a whole lot of the concussion talk and roughing the passer talk you have to be smart with anything around the quarterback these days because you don't know which ref is going to show up Let's come back in a moment. Jaguars Radio Network player of the game voting. Final score 23-17. Giants over the Jaguars. This Jaguars postgame on Jaguars Radio. Jaguars postgame presented by Florida Home AC. Final score, Giants 23, Jaguars 17. J.P. Shadrick with Fred Taylor and Mike Dempsey. It's time now for the Jaguars Radio Network player of the game voting. I get a vote. Mike gets a vote. Fred gets a vote and a half to break any deadlocks. Mike, get us started. All right. Um, boy, I'd love to give it to Travis Etienne for his performance today, but that fumble inside the five, uh, that, that prevents me from giving my vote there. Um, some other good guys, I won't mention them all because uh, I don't want to take your thunder, but I'm going to go with Darius Williams, who I think stepped into a larger role uh, with Shaq Griffin out and had eight tackles on the day, including five solos, but the key, three pass breakups uh, on a day when the Giants didn't throw the ball all over the lot. They only threw for 202 yards. I'm going to go with Darius Williams as my player of the game nominee. I guess I'll go next so we can leave it up to Fred. I, uh, you know, I'm with you on the ETN fumble inside the five. That one is something, as Doug Peterson, I think, said to the media in the postgame uh, media uh, conference. You know, they work on that every week. They work. They have a circuit one day where they go through and ball control Rapid. and handling and every wrapping the ball up. It just didn't happen inside the five. But he did have his first career 100-yard game, 114 yards on 14 carries. So he's my vote, Travis Etienne. Fred, break it up. Oh, man. You put, you put the pressure on me, JP. Uh, everything Mike said about the fumble, uh, I would have went with Aluokun with the 12 uh, solos. But uh, – 
he had the bonehead play there too, so I can't go that way. Um, I really don't know which direction to go. Can I go with the punter? He didn't make any mistakes because he didn't punt today. Well, can, can I give you a nominee? How about <laughs> Christian Kirk? Yeah, I, I see Kirk there. I'm looking at Kirk seven for ninety six. Um, made big some pretty good when catches. He, he, yeah, he did make drive. some big catches there, but I'm a running back. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm. I, he fumbled though. I'm going to go with Christian Kirk. Thanks, thanks, Mike. Because yeah. I didn't have, I, I didn't know who to pick, man. I don't know who to pick. So I got to go with Christian Kirk. I yeah. guess he uh, had a couple of those uh, yeah. catches on the final drive to get yeah. him down and, and got true. a first down, and then of course the final catch just short of the end right. zone. Come on, Travis, man. Whew. Come well, on. What do you think of that play, Fred? They had. Kirk was kind of trailing. I think it was Marvin Jones, and, and I think the play was designed to get him the ball while he was moving towards the goal line. And obviously, he went up and had you know turned his back. Mm -hmm. And once they made contact, there was no chance of him fighting for any extra yardage because he's in the air. In a situation like that, do you have to throw the ball into the end zone, or sometimes you put it in your playmaker's hands and and hope that his momentum can take him in there? I think in my sense, I, I want to give a shot to the playmaker pretty much every every chance I get. Um, it's rare you want to just fling it to the back of the end zone. But if the playmaker's in a decent enough position, give him a shot. Christian Kirk is the Jaguars Radio Network player of the game. Ten targets, seven catches, 96 yards, but needed one more yard. That's all he needed. Yeah. And the Jaguars fall today. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capabilities and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Baptist Health Injury Report, when we return, it's Jaguars postgame on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. It's Jaguars postgame presented by Florida Home AC. 23-17 the final. Giants are now 6-1. and one. The Jaguars fall to 2-5 and five with a four-game losing skid. The Giants have won four in a row. And it's time for the Baptist Health Injury Report. Baptist Health changing health care for good. Well, Cam Robinson with a right shoulder issue in the second quarter but came back in the game before halftime. Brandon Sheriff early in the fourth quarter and notably on that fourth and one situation with about 11.30 to go was not on the field, but... He was later back in the game as well. A couple of those uh, issues today for the uh, Jaguars. There were speculation, uh, well, questions, I guess, after the game from the media to Doug Peterson about James Robinson. And Peterson apparently said they've got to make sure that James is 100%. He's still a big part of the plans, according to Rick Ballou of 1010XL. So, all right, wh what does that mean? Remember, they had the Achilles injury, Fred, um, you know, those aren't easy to come back from. We knew that coming into the season. We saw in training camp there was still a little bit of a gate in his running, and then that got better as camp went along. He started the season fine. I'm curious now, he didn't get any touches in this game today. We'll, what, um, we'll find out, I guess, moving right. ahead. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen during the week of practice, JP. We're not sure. Uh, he only had 13 touches uh, a week ago in total versus the Colts. Seems that he came away from that game pretty healthy and again I know that um, you know having two backs in the backfield can be a, a tough decision for a position coach and a head coach which guy's gonna you know get the plays bulk of the carries this and that which guy holds the hot hand as we mentioned earlier uh, I don't want to create any um, anything that isn't there yeah. in terms of why this guy is playing more than this guy but uh, it seems to me 
in my opinion, that Travis has the hot hand because he's the more uh, dynamic of the two. You know, he has the longer run. He has that big playability. They're trying to get there. They're trying to get some points on the board. So maybe they're they're giving him more opportunities. But yet it's still mind-boggling as to why zero carries for James after today's uh, loss. I, that's the part I don't understand. I, I think Doug Peterson doesn't bring that up about James Robinson's health unless there's maybe Something some concern, there, right. right? That, that yeah, maybe it's smoke, like, hey, we're six games right. in. Maybe we need to back off a little bit. I mean, he had a few touches today, but it didn't seem like he played in the second half that I can recall uh, out there today. Jermichael Hasty actually had one carry. Yeah. Robinson didn't have any. He had one. He got wiped out because the penalty had one target in the passing game as well. So the fact that he, Doug Peterson mentioned, need to make sure that he's 100%, I think might be telling. Jamal Agnew missed a game. Um, there's maybe we'll see what happens on the trip, but uh, you know, going to London, long way over to come off that knee issue. We'll see how significant that is. Shaq Griffin with the back injury was not available for this game today as well. That's something to watch in the week ahead. Also, back in a moment, we'll preview next week's game and wrap it up. Final score: twenty-three seventeen Giants over the Jags. It's Jaguars post game on the Jaguars radio network. Jaguars fans, here's a great way to pay with... 